Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host Leo and this week we're talking my adventures with Superman. So I, I didn't really hear much about this save for like maybe a couple of weeks before it came out on Adult Swim, I believe is where it aired primarily. Uh, but it also is on Max as well. And I was curious, you know, I looked at it, the art style looked interesting. It's kind of a, a bit of an anime-esque art style. It's actually done by the same studio, at least the uh, animation is done by the same studio that did the Netflix Voltron reboot. And it's good. I will say that the animation a lot of times does kind of remind me of the Netflix She-Ra reboot. Except, um, I don't know, slightly different, I guess. I, I, I checked the studio to see if they also did the She-Ra reboot, but I guess they didn't. I, I, the, the art style is very similar. Though, fun fact, the, that studio also at least did one short for Star Wars Visions, and um, ah, they, they, they worked on Legend of Korra. So they have a lot of big things under their belt. Of course, you know... Warner Brothers is going to at least try to get the best. Plus, it's a studio that they've worked with in the past on other projects like it's like Battle of the Suns or something like that. It's a Superman v. Robin? Or Superman's son v. Robin story? I don't know. I haven't watched it. I might watch it sometime down the line. We'll see. But yeah, I've been a bit sick the past week and couldn't really think of something to, to do. And I overslept yesterday, so I decided... I'll finish one of the shows I started, and the shortest one that I could watch was My Adventures with Superman. So here we are. <laughs> I had started watching it because I was curious, and it only had like a few episodes out at the time. And everything I had been seeing of it on the internet looked good. You know, people were posting clips here and there. And most of the clips that you are seeing posted online uh, kind of relate to Superman or Clark and Lois. And it looked great. A lot of the jokes, of course, are that Lois Lane in this show looks a lot like a, a grown-up Luz from um, from the Owl House. And the similarities are kind of there. In fact, the personality is also kind of similar, except for uh, Lois is kind of a bit more go-getting and headstrong in what she is trying to do. Uh, but, yeah. So, some things, some interesting things that are happening in in this story are that they've changed, they, they've taken the classic Superman origin and they've tweaked it, just ever so slightly, to make it different. And I think that the changes overall are good. So some of the changes are that supposedly in some form the AI version of his dad like his dad might actually be alive but this AI version of his dad like his birth dad from Krypton is he he might be alive but it's it's unknown at the moment whether or not he actually is but um he he can't actually talk to Clark because, as you might expect, different people on a different planet will probably have a different language. So, Clark can't understand him at all. 
he's he's only able to pick up bits and pieces here and there uh, about what he's saying because like my son seems to be the same. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's one major change. Another major change is instead of immediately coming in and being a reporter at the Daily Planet, he he as well as Jimmy and Lois are all interns. Clark and Lois actually have a bit of a meet cute outside of work before they ever actually properly meet at work, which is nice. And in this, Jimmy Olsen is also Clark's roommate, and they've been pretty much living together since uh, freshman year at college, I guess, is uh, what it is. But, yeah. So so those are some of the, the tweaks that they've made that I think work out really well. Because it gives it gives Clark and Jimmy a much closer friendship, and gives Clark and Lois more connections outside of just you know their work. They're interns together. They work their way up through the ranks eventually throughout the season. But it, it's a it's a very interesting dynamic that we see kind of develop. So how I'm going to go through I'm going to go through each episode similar to how I tackled Avatar and I'm going to kind of try to break it up into kind of arcs though there aren't really actually arcs kind of throughout the season there's only 10 episodes thank goodness but there is quite a bit to talk about so we'll just kind of go episode to episode and discuss the villains how how they are I guess so the the main the introduction is the adventures of a normal man part one and two this introduces us to clark and everything this is where he goes into a store and talks to the lady and uh this, this is where he meets lois for the first time as she is on her way to the daily planet in, in the first episode she lies to clark and jimmy about the amount of permission that they have to go look into things so they go and investigate the these sound um, these sto- stories of like this mysterious stuff going on in this area. So they go to investigate, and they they find they find robots, big old robots, and Clark dresses up as a fireman or dock worker. I guess we'll say fireman because it looks kind of like a fireman costume with a hood, uh, but he fights off the robots to keep them safe and that does his very best then in the second episode uh, adventures of a normal man part two clark goes home to try to learn more about these powers and whatnot that he has because he's been trying his hardest to just try to blend in and be a normal guy but he's been having trouble so he goes to consult his parents his parents tell him that he needs to go well he, he doesn't they don't tell him that he needs to go. He tells them that he wants to try to face his birth origin place. So they take him back out to the to the field, digs it up. He finds out that the spaceship's kind of expanded bigger than it's supposed to be. And he goes in and finds the hologram of Jor-El, his father. But he cannot understand a word he's saying. But after kind of figuring it out, kind of, that he is from a different place and that I I think at this point he might hear that this guy is his dad. 
I can't fully remember. Because I watched the first two episodes ages ago. This is where he gets the Superman suit. His costume. And it kind of looks a little bit like the Snyder Superman suit. Kind of. With some alterations here and there. A lot brighter, of course. But then he talks to his mom. And his mom's like, you need a, you need, you need the tights. You need the, the little span... You need the little like spandex underwear. This will this will complete the costume, and it does. So, the villain in this episode, I can't remember the name that they give them, but they they have I think I think Jimmy calls them Livewire because they um they're an electric type villain. So the big through line throughout the season, and the big question is. Where's all this technology coming from that's kind of giving these people powers? And why? So Livewire, he beats them, takes the like thing that was controlling the power away. And the, the whole thing is, they're like, fine, just kill me. But he's like, I don't want to kill you. I don't even want to fight you, but I have to protect these people. And it shows a nice thing, because Clark does clean up after his battle. Just this once, though. He might do it other times, but we don't see it. I guess it's kind of supposed to be implied that that's what he's doing. But we, we don't see it actually happening. Then we move on to episode 3. This is where it kind of starts going into Monster of the Week territory, I guess. Or Scenario of the Week territory from this point on. Until the two-part almost finale... <laughs> So we move on to my interview with Superman. So in this episode, it's kind of... Lois is talking about how she needs to get an interview with Superman to figure out what he's about. And the problem is, <laughs> she's angling it as she wants to expose all of Superman's secrets to the world. And that she wants to kind of abuse the, the fact that he rescued her. To lure him in to get all of his dirty, juicy, uh, well, dirt. But he, well, since Clark is the one that she's talking to, he's, he's like, you probably shouldn't do that kind of thing. And he, he tries to tell her, you know, no, you shouldn't uh, do that. But by the end, because in this episode, the villain is three people who, it's like, a brother-sister team, and then their friend. Uh, and they the technology that they've gotten, they got from the villain in the previous episode. Their stuff is, like, a, two, three different things. So we have, like, a guy who has strength gauntlets. Uh, she has a helmet that um, amplifies the volume and... He has an invisibility thing. The third guy has an invisibility thing. They are small-time crooks who, after getting this technology, have gotten an upgrade. The episode opens with them breaking uh, his sister out. Uh, and then they, they decide to, you know, tackle their big job. Which is just robbing a bank. Or the bank. A big bank. <laughs> And they're going to use an extra bit of technology that they've acquired, this like freeze ray thing, to do it. 
So Superman goes in, tries to stop them. This is how, when he learns that he has heat vision. That is something else that happens throughout the show, is that he is constantly evolving. He's learning new abilities pretty much each episode. And it's kind of used as a way to for him to develop these new things. And it's not really focused on. It's not like a, a main crux of him trying to discover what he can do. And that's because it's just something that's happening along the way. But during the kerfuffle, the machine gets broken and starts kind of going into overdrive and starts freezing the city. Uh, Superman is able to destroy it, but while he's kind of temporarily trapped, he notices that uh, Lois and Jimmy are doing their best to try and evacuate the area to keep people safe. So he determines from here that, yes, he'll give Lois the interview that she wants. So he takes her to the Daily Planet, answers her questions. Her questions are fairly simple, like, who are you? Where are you from? What can you do? And all of his answers are, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. And then he says, all that really matters is that I'm here to help. And then he leaves. Comes back to her as Clark, and is like, hey, you know, I'll help you get that interview with Superman. She's like, ah, I just got it. And he's like, ah, oh, good, so what do you think about him? And she's like, he's a liar. And that's where we kind of end up going into the next episode, where it is, let's go to Ivo Tower, you say. In this episode, we're seeing a bit more development in Clark and Lois's relationship. Their relationship's been mild, nerdy flirtation this entire time, with some, you know, some moments where they kind of come to blows at, at times over certain issues, such as interviewing Superman, what what his motives are, but she's kind of ended up in a bit of a bind. No, There's no reputable sources to look into Superman, so she has to look into tabloids. And it turns out, fun fact, that's the place you go for conspiracies, so you're probably going to find something there. And she does. Clark does take a bit of crucial information and, you know, slips it away because they have gotten a job. They're going to work with the big reporters that have been taking their information about Superman and writing articles themselves. But now they get to work with them, go to this glitzy gala, and just ask about the, the biggest swinginess bachelor that there is and get some info on the guy. Not not necessarily the hard-hitting journalism that they were going for, but it's journalism nonetheless. But Lois decides to take the words of Perry and kind of twist them to fit pretty much what she wants to do. Instead of following the assignment that she was given, she wants to use this as an opportunity to, well, put pressure on the most corrupt people in Metropolis. The mayor, the guy that they're there to you know, get a puff piece on and whatnot. It, it's, yeah. But she finds that, uh, well, one, since she's an intern, no one knows her and won't talk to her. And also, because she's coming out of the gate swinging on trying to pretty much do an expose on them, they're just like, you know. Clark starts to try to kind of do 
her thing, but backs off kind of at the last second until, you know, he decides to go comfort her with the fact that she's, you know, depressed because no one wants to talk to her. Then he says, you know, let me handle the next guy that comes in. And turns out the next guy is the host of the party that they're there to, you know, talk to other people about. So Clark goes to talk to him, overhears him kind of threatening a business partner, but goes to talk to him. He's like, you know, hey, I'm just here to talk to you. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, if you just forget what you heard and whatnot, we'll, we'll be fine. But Clark decides to put, put on some pressure. He gets thrown out of the party. Him and Lois have a bit of a tender moment when he rips his, um, what is it called? Well, I, I just call it a suit jacket, but I guess it's technically a blazer. Technically. So, while she's fixing it for him, they just get to talking here and there. And he's about to tell her that he is Superman when she kind of goes on a bit of a rant about how a lot of her failures are Superman's fault. So he decides to reel that right back and kind of steer clear of that. They do find out that uh, Dr. Ivo, the guest that they were there to uh, get info about, you know, it's supposed to be fluffy info, but info nonetheless, but they find out that he's discovered this, he's using some of the tech uh, and he calls it the parasite. Uh, and it's a suit that absorbs energy and redistributes it into itself to become stronger. So it's, a, it's supposed to be kind of an adaptive suit that can, you know, it can take the punch and then deliver it back kind of thing. Except for instead of, uh, like, uh, instead of like the Black Panther suit where it, you know, goes in and immediately is dispersed out back into the attacker when you return the punch it the suit absorbs the energy and just gets bigger and stronger clark after uh lois and jimmy go and disable a barrier that was helping feed the suit clark goes and he, he learns that the best way to deal with this enemy is to just not is to just not attack it uh because if you starve it of the power, it gets smaller and much more manageable. Though it does kind of backfire and starts sucking the life out of the guy until Clark rips off uh, the powering elements of the suit and takes him to the medics to get help. And I think that's that's the end except for the, the very last scene. Uh, Clark walks Lois home after he gives her his jacket and... She goes, well, not home, to the office where she writes up the article on, you know, the company going bankrupt because the guy went insane. So, while she's looking at her, her what they call affectionately a murder board, they, she decide she comes across an idea. She takes the now of Superman and is able to, you know, put up all this stuff from the tabloids and figure out you know, that there's a connection between Superman and Kansas, but there, there's something missing. And what she finds in Clark's uh, suit jacket, when she, like, shoves her hands in the pockets, she brings out the piece of paper that he, you know, secreted away earlier in the episode and looks at it and sees that the connection is Smallville. And she's able to... She then kind of flashes back through all the events that have been kind of odd between Clark and whatnot, between 
then and now. And she's able to come to the conclusion that Clark is Superman. But she's not 100% sure. And that goes into the next episode. Episode 5, You Will Believe a Man Can Lie. I do like that a lot of the, the episode titles are puns on just the title of the show. As well as some common phrases from from uh, Superman comics. As well as other things. Like one episode later on is called Kiss Kiss Fall in Portal. Instead of Kiss Kiss Fall in Love. Which is... It's this. It's a song that I'm pretty sure is an opening. Let me actually look that up real quick. Well, I'll, I'll look it up, but um, we'll also continue on. So in in uh, You'll Believe a Man Can Lie, Lois is trying her darndest to pretty much catch Clark in the act and become 100% certain. The way she ends up testing him initially in trying to figure out if he's Superman is... A package was delivered to their their office for one of the other journalists because it, that room is mistaken as the mail room. And she can't move it because in it is just a huge dumbbell, but she can't budge it. So well, when Clark comes in, he moves it for her with extreme ease and because he, he doesn't know what's in it. And she didn't even ask him to move it, funnily enough. But she pretty much gets her confirmation when, you know, he like, tosses it, and it, like, crushes part of a filing cabinet. So, yeah, so that's kind of her confirmation that he at least is extremely strong. And he brings in a police scanner, because he wants her help in finding the general and, you know, everything that's going on with the the source of the technology. The, the general actually doesn't come in at this point. I'm, I'm a little bit tired, and my head's still a bit fuzzy. Because I'm a bit sick. But he's asking her for help in finding the source of the technology. And is coming coming into issue with actually figuring that out. And the general issue does come into this episode at the end. Like I said, my head's fuzzy. Uh, but she notices that uh, whenever something comes up on the police scanner, he leaves. The problem is instantly solved. And then he comes back. And then, you know, it just keeps happening. So she takes up the police scanner and just leaves. Trying to hunt down Superman and Clark at the same time, essentially. Um, And she's able to get very lucky and stumble across the next villain. The villain of this episode. Which is... um, it's technically another group of people, except for this time it, it's just one person. Because they were working with the crew and there's actually a few people still with them. But the issue that they, like, their, their thing's fire, so this one's fire. Um, but the issue that uh, is happening is that their crew is disappearing and they believe it's Superman that's kidnapping these crew members. But it's not, it's Deathstroke. So Superman arrives, and he's talking with Lois, uh, before the the villains actually properly introduce themselves, but he's talking with Lois, and she decides to handcuff herself to Superman, so that he would pretty much eventually have to, you know, reveal himself as Clark. But, instead the villains attack, they fight, then there's like the whole conversation about kidnapping and whatnot, then 
the person suit's actually like malfunctioning, but they're able to stall long enough for the suit to recharge and work. So then it's a big old fight. Clark, or Superman, takes Lois back to the um, Daily Planet, breaks the handcuffs because, of course, he can, and he's like, "It's it's too dangerous. Just stay here." So he goes. And he confronts Deathstroke and this fire person who ends up getting kidnapped. Um, Deathstroke has like these swords that can actually kind of hurt him, and we and we learn who is who's attacking, who who's been making this technology. It's Task Force X, also technically known as the Suicide Squad, run well run currently by the General and Amanda Waller. And so, in his fight with Deathstroke, uh, a bridge gets damaged, and Superman, you know, stops the bridge from collapsing. Amanda Waller wants um, Deathstroke to take the shot and kill Superman, or at least hurt Superman, but the general says no, not as long as there's civilians in the way, and she counters with, oh, you know, we could sacrifice the few to save the many, etc. in the future, but he's like, no, I, I make the calls. No. So, they leave, Superman fixes the bridge, goes back to Lois, but he goes back as Clark, and she she's trying to get him to confess, but he is kind of saying no. So she does a last-ditch effort and jumps off of a building. He rescues her, and you know, gets very mad at the fact that, you know, he lied to her. And he he was hoping to kind of progress their relationship and whatnot. And, but at this point, she says, whatever might we might have had, it's not, not going to happen now. And then she leaves. There's There was also a B-plot this entire episode of Jimmy kind of being on the outs, outskirts of the relationship kind of thing and feeling left out. And he has to go with Steve, one of the reporters, and also the reporter that had the, the dumbbell delivered to the office for some reason. He finds out, because in this, Jimmy is a conspir- heavy conspiracy theorist who has like this podcast show on the internet that is slowly gaining more popularity. And he finds out that Steve actually does like... Well, you would think it's, he's doing debunking videos, but not really. He just says, this thing that he said, nuh-uh, and leaves it at that. It's it's kind of silly. But he finds this out, and it's like, what? But Steve's just kind of constantly trying to say, like, oh, you know, we're like the same. We do a lot of the same stuff. We're lone wolves, man. And he's like, no. No, we're not. We're not the same. I'm not like you. I have friends, and and we're going on a camping trip. But because of all the drama and whatnot that happens between Superman and, and Lois, um, they they forget. So he ends up leaving without them. We follow him in the forest, or in the woods, as he gets kidnapped by a gorilla. And that's where that episode ends. Uh, so with, with the Lois jumping off the building thing... A lot of people complained about it, saying that, you know, the, oh, you know, I liked the character until she did that. But the, the thing is, that's just, 
That's Lois Lane. She 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 does that all the time. Funnily enough, uh, even like in the seventies, she she flung herself off of Niagara Falls to get Clark to to reveal that he was Superman in the second Superman movie, I believe. Of course, the the seventies ones are a bit silly, but yeah, yeah, it's the second one because uh, Zod's in that one. But yeah, so we go now to My Adventures with Mad Science, which is a direct continuation of the previous episode, because we follow Lois as she's up trying to get a call through to Jimmy, apologizing for the fact that, you know, she kind of forgot, and that she was heading to the campsite now. As she's about to leave, she runs into Clark, who is going to her, and, you know, he's like, this isn't about me. It's about Jimmy. He hasn't returned any of my calls. And she's like, oh, he's probably just out in the woods. You know, we did for... Well, she kind of tries to pin it on him, but... Pretty much she does say, we forgot to go with with him. We blew him off. So... He's like, yeah, but I, I've done a scan of the woods and everything, and I, I can't find him. Like, I, I don't see any sign of him at all. So... Or they go into the woods. Then we kind of we jump between them and Jimmy, but they come across this site. They go in and they like finds that it's like a force field thing that's kind of entrapping them. And they go through, and they keep coming across these robots. And then they they actually do start talking and discussing the issues about how he he didn't tell them. It kind of comes to a head when, as they're walking through, they, they get chased by these robots. He, as they're going through they and running from these robots, they keep triggering these uh, defenses that actually kind of disables the robots, kind of. And they're like, oh, okay, cool, they're not chasing us anymore. But then they set off an additional trap, which is like this turret. And Clark steps in front of Lois and gets shot. And she says, "How like did you know that you were bulletproof?" And he's like, "No, but I knew that you weren't." And then they move on. They get to a facility. This facility is where it's a it's a big site that uh, Jimmy's been looking into. It's he calls it Area Fifty Two because a lot of things are supposed to have like experiments have, were supposed to have gone on there and whatnot. Um, and that's where they they were. And he, they get there and they're accosted by a gorilla and a brain in a robot. Now, we had already met them earlier in the episode with Jimmy's side of the plot, where he finds them, they're about to kill him, because they think he's a spy, but then he, they start to sympathize with him, uh, and let him go, and give him a tour around the place once they learn that he's like a conspiracy theorist and he actually kind of knew about some of the stuff and he's actually able to appreciate some of their stuff um the gorilla so they they give a backstory and it kind of keeps changing ever so slightly as like it gets extended a little bit uh throughout the episode so the backstory is the facility used to be like fully manned by scientists and whatnot it was a joint operation between this group of scientists and task force x but they decided to use the opportunity to, you know, try to make benefits for humanity 
but Task Force X wanted weapons and stuff, so so they decided to shut down and destroy the program. In a last-ditch effort, um, the well, so initially the story is that the gorilla who was given sentience and fell in love with uh, one of the scientists who ends up being the brain in, in a jar, they, you know, they, they held out, but the black hole that they were keeping in the basement, or I guess technically not the basement because it's a lot higher, but it, it went it went rogue and, you know, destroyed part of the facility and killed the guy, or at least heavily damaged the guy, but his brain was still fine, so they put it in a robot, and, you know, now they... They live happily together in their romantic, argumentative relationship. But then we learn later on that, okay, so they purposefully um, detonated the black hole and faked their deaths. And their, their whole thing is that they want to create a little hole, like a wormhole, to be able to travel to another dimension where they might be more accepted. And and so that they're... That, that was part of the reason that they faked their death. Then we find out that, oh, you know, they got bored in the first year and then they made mutants. Because reasons. But yeah, this is now when Superman and Lois come in. This is the point that we learned that yeah, Jimmy's known that he's Superman the entire time because well, he's lived with him the entire time and has seen him destroy shit on accident constantly. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they have an honest conversation. Uh they find out that the robots that were chasing them aren't part of this facility. They're from Task Force X. So, yeah. They go in to the black hole room. And he's like, oh, you know, you, gotta, you have to try to keep it stable. But then they're like, oh, wait, no, we should probably let it go unstable so that it can stabilize. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Um, so they do that. But during this, they have, you know, a heart-to-heart -heart and discussion as to why he didn't want to tell them and why he was keeping it secret and whatnot. And they come to an understanding. You know, that he, he... He did it because he was worried about how they would treat him and whatnot. And he didn't want them to get hurt because he cares about them. But yeah, so after that, him and... Uh, he, he asks Lois out on a date and whatnot. And that's where the next episode picks up. Which is Kiss Kiss Fallen Portal. I did look up what the Kiss Kiss Fallen Love song was that was in my mind. It's the theme song for Oran High School Host Club. It was bugging me. And now I know what it is. I don't know if if it's a re reference to that or not. But it'd be fucking hilarious if it is. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anywho. In this episode... Clark is going in 
sane, trying to, you know, plan a perfect date for him and Lois. He just wants a nice, normal date for them. No Superman shenanigans at all. But, you know, of course, that's not going to really happen. And this is kind of, for me, where the show does a weird, like, a, just takes a weird turn for a bit. It's not bad, necessarily, but it does take a bit of a weird turn. So, in this episode, he, he does this, but, and we find out that, you know, in a cute way, they both are doing the same-ish thing. He's planning a date, but he, she's trying to plan the perfect gift for him, and she figured that the perfect gift for him was, you know, her figuring out his past for him to, to help him understand um, a bit more. And so, yeah, he he is about to leave when there's like a knock at the door and it's, uh, what, what's his name? It's Mr. Mix, Mixkiewicz or something like that. They, they call it, they call it Mr. Mixie. Or just Mixie. Um, which is an interdimensional being that calls themselves a chaos god. Um, he lures Clark in by saying that Lois is in trouble. That she's been kidnapped by an interdimensional crime syndicate or whatever. Uh, need to go save her now. Instead, he is just trying to help him, or get him to open a vault for him. At the same time, uh, Lois is contacted by said international or interdimensional crime syndicate. Turns out, it's not a crime syndicate. It's the League of Loises. So it is a bunch of Loises from multiple dimensions. Now... This is a thing that happens a lot in comics, is like, characters will band together and make a league of that character. So, there's like the Council of Reeds, I believe, or something like that, in, uh, in the Marvel Universe. There's also, of course, you know, all the Kangs in the Marvel Universe. Um, I don't know if uh, DC has an equivalent, but this technically now is it and it, it brings to to mind the question of of why and how because in most universes Lois is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and that's usually it she's you know just a really good journalist so who built the space station who acquired the the portal technology um and who decided to get people together like this is a big kind of question because their goals seem to be to keep well Miss Mr. Mixie uh, under control and also Superman under control they believe that if a Superman is ever implicated in a crime at all shoot first ask questions later and this is where the introduction of Kryptonite comes in and the villains are technically the Mr. Mixie and uh, 
technically the League of League of Lois is, with some some Jimmy Olsons in there as well. Um, but yeah, so the episode pretty much ends because the, the episode's pretty much straightforward. It's just a lot of weird. In this, she learns um, about the other Loises and what they accomplish. And she also learns that there's like this weird Superman X file, but she can't access it from the ship. So she has to go to the main base. And when Mixie steals their ship, she just goes with him to the base, gets the file that she wants, and ends up seeing later what she didn't really want to see. And so, yeah, there's a fight and whatnot. Clark and Lois have a discussion. They both apologize for ruining the date, but we come to realize that, oh, you know, this is... They have fun together, regardless, but, you know, this is probably just what's going to end up happening. Uh, but yeah, so they, they come to the exception of that, and they succeed. Uh, they get away because... The, I think their name is Jamie, which is one of the Jimmy Olsons, um, lets them escape, and Printer tells them, oh, we, we can't get the coordinates to where they went, so, oh well. Um, but yeah, so Lois ends up seeing at the end of the episode that not all Loises get the Pulitzer Prize, and not all Supermans are good, and she sees, like... Um, like Omega Superman, I think is one of the ones in it. But, but pretty much just a bunch of different Supermen who have gone bad in the past. Of course, there's no context as to what made him bad or anything like that. Because usually in those kinds of th scenarios, there's a reason as to why uh, he went bad. But none of it's kind of provided. It's semi-implied based off of the designs of the supermen that these Loises, who are very untrusting of Superman um are those Clark's Loises. I don't know but it's kind of implied that it, a lot of questions end up uh, coming up in that episode but yeah that, that's pretty much the episode. Now she has a ball of rolling around that shows that Superman can be bad and also in there chunk of kryptonite. Uh, on to the next episode. Zero Day Part 1 and Part 2. So in this the Part 1 Lois is following her journalist idol Vicky Vale uh, who is the Gotham City, uh, like famous Gotham City reporter, and you know, usually in the comics, she is one of the love interests of Batman. Sometimes, at least in the '80s movies, she uh, is. But yeah, but Vicky Vale, she's trying to pretty much do a, um expose on Superman. She's trying to make it to where you know, show... She, she's pretty much like a, a 
what's his name? J Jamerson. J. Jonah Jamerson from the Spider-Man comics. She's pretty much trying to do that with Superman. You know, prove that he's bad even though he does good. And so the way that they try to counter that is by, you know, giving her a bunch of people that like Superman, are happy with what he's doing. But she finds one person, just one person, who gives her an interview that is wholly negative. And it is the assistant of uh, Parasite. The assistant's name is Alex. It's lightly implied that he might be this Superman's Lex Luthor. Maybe. Maybe. It's not guaranteed, but I I get the feeling that he might be the Lex Luthor. Um, but, anyhow. So, she takes his story, runs with it, writes the expose. Meanwhile, throughout the rest of the episode, Superman, he has developed his super hearing. So he can hear everything. And he is making taking it upon himself to solve every single problem he hears. As a result of this, though, he has gained such extreme popularity um, that it's kind of having a feedback on Jimmy Olsen's um, page, Firebird. Um, so, because Jimmy Olsen was one of the first people to talk about Superman, he's stuff starts blowing up. He gets like a million followers like over an hour kind of thing. Um, but Superman is also trying to find the general because he, he wants answers as to what's up with the technology and everything. But he, because he's been trying to solve all these problems, he's getting extremely exhausted. And when he sees a lead that could help him in the form of one of the previous villains, he hunts him down, but he's invisible. He's the invisible guy from that uh, trio of people. But hunts him down and comes into a situation where he, the guy's about to get hit by a truck. So Superman pushes him out of the way, stops the truck, but since people couldn't see him, the guy that he pushed out of the way, People think that he just stood in front of a truck and stopped it and potentially, like, almost killed some people. But, yeah, anyway, he ends up catching up with the guy and then goes to help, uh, help out his sister and friend because that's what the guy is supposedly doing is he's trying to help them. Because they've been taken by Task Force X and whatnot. But yeah, so he he goes to try to save them. They all attack him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all attack him and he gets taken by Task Force X. Boom. That's the end of part one. Part two, he is given some answers. As to kind of his, his partial origin. So he... The general has taken him, believing that he is the same person who invaded about 22 years ago. During that time, 
it was about 22-ish, maybe a bit more years ago. Um, there was an invasion that ended up happening. There was a big spaceship and kind of like Arrival, the movie Arrival, which I'll talk about sometime. Um, it It's a spaceship shows up, and of course the military responds by surrounding the thing and trying to figure out what it is. But while they're trying to figure it out, well, they figure out what's happening. An invasion. And a guy who kind of looks like Superman, but is in full armor, so you can't really see his face because it's like a, it has a mask that covers the face. Um, he has similar-ish powers and has a cape, so they, they assume that when Superman does show up, it's the same guy, but he's trying to pose as a superhero now for some reason. Um, but their whole thing is to, to take down the invasion. The invasion got stopped, like, luckily. But yeah, so he is able to escape because the villains, after helping, they were hoping to be kind of let go or at least get a chance at Superman. But they're, they've been put back in their cells. But Amanda Waller pretty much wants Superman dead. And she also wants to move up in rank. So she decides to turn off the cameras and let the villains just kind of run rampant. They go immediately to Superman to try and attack him. Primarily uh, Parasite, who has been holding a grudge against Superman the hardest. Because he believes Superman cheated in their fight. By his friends having turned off the thing that was helping him gain power. So he keeps absorbing more and more power to, you know, beat up Superman. But Superman doesn't want to fight him. Uh, in fact, when a hole is created in the ceiling, Superman just leaves. During the rest of this episode, uh, Jimmy and Lois have been trying to find him. They find, or the, like, group of kids that they use to get information on the streets. Uh, finds Clark, takes him back to their clubhouse where Lois and Jimmy come to try to comfort him. But he comes to the conclusion, oh, he needs to, to stop them because Parasite has continued to absorb energy to where now he's a, he's a kaiju. He's be, he has become kaiju. So Superman fights him, but he keeps absorbing power from the nearby uh, buildings. So Lois and Jimmy kind of... Well, Jimmy does a face reveal on his channel and kind of gives the mic over to Lois who gives a very empowering speech to everyone and everyone turns off the power starving Parasite of of his power source and Superman then develops x-ray vision and is able to punch him through and take the guy out of the core of the beast The beast turns to stone, and the general is given a new assignment. She, Amanda Waller, is able to take this scenario and twist it so that she is able to um, demote him. And though he's still a general, he just is no longer running Task Force X. And she gives him the Omega Cannon, or Omega Gun, in order to kill Superman. He takes up the assignment because he has to. Um, and that's where that episode ends. 
but uh, yeah, so he, he, he during this he's kind of having a rough time and whatnot. Uh, Jimmy takes Lois's bag after he because Lois and him are making out in the sky. So Jimmy takes the bag and f- comes across the orb with kryptonite in it and sees the images of evil Superman. And in between episodes, he confronts her about it. Luckily, we don't have to deal with a confrontation scene. Uh, next episode is Thanksgiving. It's it's Thanksgiving. I don't know why they necessarily chose this as the finale. The previous two episodes would have been pretty good as a finale. But I think they wanted a bit more of a twist. So, it turns out... so. Lois has been invited to Clark's for Thanksgiving. Jimmy has been going there for Thanksgiving every other year. Um, so, yeah. But they've also invited Lois's dad to Thanksgiving. Turns out, Lois's dad is the general. Like, he, he was asking them to help him find the general because he needed more information and whatnot. Uh, it turns out, it's her dad. They also find out, or during all of this fun stuff, where we find that Jimmy is just everyone's confidant. Like, he gets pulled aside by Clark and is like, uh, Lois's dad is the general. What are we doing? Then he gets pulled aside by Clark's mom, who's like, I don't like Lois's dad. He, he just, mm, he's annoying. And then he gets pulled aside by Clark's dad. Who just whispers to him, the turkey's not coming up to temp. And then he goes and sits in the living room with the general. He's like, you have something to tell me? He's like, I don't know you. So, Lois and Clark are like trying to pull him to the side. But he's like, no, no. Takes him outside. And he's like, Clark, you're going to tell her about her dad. And you, whatever. But during this... He tries to give her, uh, Lois, her bag, and the orb falls out, and Clark picks it up, sees the thing, ends up dropping the sphere, and the kryptonite, you know, pops out, and he starts, you know, having an attack because of it, um, because kryptonite is Superman's weakness. Although it seems to be a lot stronger in, in this series, like, the, like, smallest exposure to the stuff pretty much cripples him instantly. Like, in the past, it would weaken him sometimes, or he would, like, get super sluggish, or he'd like, ah, ooh. But this, it seems to actually be lethal to him. Like, if he is in the presence of it for too long, he will himself crystallize and die. Uh, his exposure to kryptonite triggers a system in his ship that starts to activate the, well, the invasion, essentially. (laughs) So there's a mad scramble that goes on. Clark takes the ship and pushes it through. He has a touching farewell because he plans on pretty much sacrificing himself uh, by taking the crystal directly into it because they learned while fighting the robots that the crystal can instantly destroy the robots, so it'll probably corrupt the technology 
and destroy it instantly. So he goes to take it up there. He's assisted by Dad Hologram, uh, who, after Clark, you know, infects the ship and whatnot, he, Dad Hologram, puts him in a little coffin and sends him back down to Earth. Ship explodes. The portal that was opened, because it opened a portal and the ship was starting to come through, closes and cuts off the tip of the ship. The dad goes to kill Superman, but Lois sends him away. Uh, and, yeah, it ends with a bit of a cliffhanger in which we see kind of who the villains are. Now, it's a big question as to actually who the villains are. It's like a mixture, because, so all of the robots, and for some reason his ship, have the three dots connected by two lines to form like a, a kind of V-shape. That symbol is usually associated with Brainiac, and I would assume that it probably is going to, at some point, involve Brainiac. Maybe. It'd be nice to actually have some more recognizable Superman villains at some point. But I digress. Uh, we got some least recognizable DC villains here or there, but otherwise, yeah, these they're, they're mostly seemingly original. I haven't looked into it enough to know whether or not they're actually proper Superman villains or not. But they're at least leading to the potential of there being proper Superman villains down the line. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, so... Yeah, the that's usually the symbol of Brainiac, but the way that these like armored beings act would potentially suggest, you know, Zod and crew. And it might be that it, you know, cuz it's classically usually a kind of a a Krypton civil war. It, it changes really between movies. It, it's sometimes a Krypton civil war that causes the collapse of the planet, a natural disaster that causes the collapse of the planet, space being space causes a disaster that destroys the planet. From the looks of it, the planet is still intact, but, you know, they're not, um, yeah, they're not, uh, the, the planet hasn't been destroyed. But yeah, so that is that that is my adventures with Superman. It's a it's a very good good show. I I really enjoy it. Uh, they're already working on a second season, and I do highly recommend watching it, especially if you want a show with a little bit of romance that actually pretty much gets to the point of the romance really fast in in the first season. I like that. It's good. <laughs> You see them have a lot of these cute moments, and it builds properly. I mean, there's of course the, you know, technically the Act 3 breakup situation uh, when she finds out that he's Superman, but otherwise they work through it literally the next episode, and it's all good. A lot of the episodes lead into each other, which is really nice. I'm glad I kind of watched it in a binge format uh, later on, instead of following it weekly, because that would have been annoying it would have been very annoying to see ah oh, jimmy's been kidnapped and now i'll wait a week nice <laughs> anywho 
yeah, so with that, I do highly recommend watching it. Uh, I'm looking forward to season two, whenever that comes out. It's supposedly currently in production, so we'll see. But yeah, with that, we can move on to the update for this week. Yes, yes, the update for this week. We are into the second book of Magnus Chase uh, and the Gods of Asgard. Now, these these books, I'm I'm enjoying them. There's some issues still popping up. Like I'm really I get annoyed every time there's a modern pop culture reference in one of these books. I just it just mm, it just yeah you know anyhow. Also, there's like a weird slight inconsistency that they're they're not really addressing. They they kind of address it, so they can just kind of use phones with the Norse Norse thing because the Norse people don't really have monsters that attack them. Not really, um, uh, and also he's dead. So yeah, <laughs> the sec the, sorry the first book it progressed nicely. They got, you know, they, they did the thing. What was the thing that they had to do? Crap, I'm so tired. And all these books and content is killing me slowly. <laughs> what was it? What was the main purpose of their thing? They were, they were, what were they doing? I, for some reason, I just keep going back to the bit when they're in Jot Jotunheim trying to get, Thor's hammer back from giants, but it ends up being a staff. What was their main goal? Oh my god, what was their main goal with the first book? Come on, it was right there. It was... They had to... They... They were getting... This they needed the sword, I know that. But in my mind, when they're at Jotunheim, they already have the sword. This is when they're learning to use the sword. Cert, right? They had to fight Cert, and they they had to rebind Fenrir. That's it. Okay. Oh, it came back to me. <laughs> it it came back to me. Sorry, that was oof. That was that was rough. I literally read the book just a couple of days ago. You'd think I would have a better like. I'm usually really good, but of course it's it's um it's currently nine in the morning, almost ten in the morning, and I uh yeah I I've been up since five in in the uh, in the evening yesterday. So yeah, that that's part of the reason why. Anywho. Yes, uh, so that, that, that's the first book. They have to. It, it, the thing I, I mentioned to myself when I discussed the book with myself is that these books feel a lot more like a D and D campaign. At least the first book feels very much like a D and D campaign. They're literally just going from place to place, getting items so that they can accomplish their final goal. And this one is, you know doing that too except for one of the party members is semi-dead and they have to try to revive him so the the main goal of this book 
they kind of layered it on a little bit too much. So they have to... Samira has been betrothed by her father to a giant, an earth giant. Uh, they are to be wed because Loki is trying to trade her and a sword for Thor's hammer. At least that's his excuse for doing all of this. Um, so they, they go and accidentally kind of acquire the sword. Loki's whole plan gets kind of revealed, except for necessarily why he actually wants the sword. Uh, the sword is a legendary sword. It has the nickname Blood River, I think, and what it is is it's a sword that can only be unsheathed at night and not within the presence of a woman. It can only be unsheathed at night and uh, once it's unsheathed, it must taste blood. So it, it must hurt someone. It must do damage uh, before it can be resheathed. Uh, yeah. I can't remember its actual name. Old Norse names are very hard to pronounce. Uh, but yeah, so they have to go on a journey to get the whetstone for this sword. Um, because that stone is the only thing that can potentially heal a wound from the sword. Because otherwise, the wound that it creates will just bleed out until they die. Uh, and in this case, uh, Blitzen, the dwarf, has been stabbed and uh, is bleeding out. So, in order to try to save him, they turn him to stone. Because dwarves in this universe, at least... Uh, so in this he, the specific type of dwarf he is is he is a dark elf which is a misnomer because they're dwarves in, at least in this book and potentially in actual Norse mythology I don't know uh, but he in sunlight turns to stone similar to trolls for some reason so uh, yeah so he, he's turning to stone or he gets turned to stone and they start taking him around like, you know, a carry-on. Uh, so that they can go get get the stone. So they need the sword, which they have. The stone, which they're going to get to heal Blitzen. And then they have to try to stop the wedding. It, it's a whole ordeal. It's a it's an ordeal. Otherwise, uh, that's kind of where I'm at in this book. I'm, I'm falling behind because I'm sick. And you'd think, oh, you're sick, so you'd have... You know, you wouldn't do much else and you would just read. But when my head is this fuzzy, it's really hard to focus and read. Like, I'm lucky I was able to remember what happened in my adventures with Superman, which I literally just watched, literally, episodes 3 to 10 <laughs> the past couple of hours. So, yeah, my, my, my brain's a fuzz. But I have been getting through it. My plan of attack because I keep having to update this goddamn plan of attack because I'm supposed to this week be on the Serpent's Shadow the last King Chronicles book but <laughs> I'm not so I need to get through Magnus Chase and I need to get through 
the other Magnus Chase book, the uh, Sea of the Dead. And then I have to get through the Serpent Shadow. But luckily, luckily, both of those books are relatively short. I should be able to burn through them, and I'm getting better as time goes on. So, it, you know, my, my brain fog will clear. And I don't really have anything else planned for the rest of this week. So I should be able to just burn, baby burn, get through them. Then I might end up having a little bit of time, or more realistically, um, Serpent's Shadow is going to take me right up to it. Um, the final book does not show up until at least Tuesday. If I'm lucky, I might get it a day or two earlier. We'll see. But likely, um, that's kind of my when I need to be done with Serpent Shadow is by Tuesday next week. So... I need to be done with it Tuesday next week. So ideally I'll have started it by at least Friday. Then um, I need to finish the second, sorry, the third book in the Magnus Chase trilogy by Thursday. So give me at least two days to read that. Um, so that's Wednesday and Thursday. So then, yeah, I'm almost... I'm getting towards halfway through this book, so I should be able to finish it Monday, Monday or Tuesday at the latest, and then I'll push through the last book in the Magnus Chase, push through Serpent Shadow, and then we will be at the end. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm calling it there. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> I'm so tired. I need to coast for the rest of today. So I'll, I'll try to read more of this book uh, while I'm super tired. It's going to be extremely hard, but I'll do it. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll do it. Anyway, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you guys liked this uh, and you're on YouTube, feel free to give it a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, otherwise, feel free to check out my other stuff also on YouTube. But uh, feel free to, you know rate and review and share this on whatever platform you choose to listen to podcasts on. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.